Hello, hello, hello. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good morning. To what? Yeah, I'm gonna pray. It's not working. It's not working. It's not working. It still ain't working. It ain't working. Here we go. Is it coming up? Hello. Come on in here. It's time to worship this morning. Oh, look at him now. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Man, praise the Lord. I'm ready to get going. My, my feet are happy this morning. I know it. My feet are happy. <laughs> so you better watch out if I dance around you. Come on. Hey, Becky found her Bible. That's a good thing. We was searching for that thing this morning. So praise the Lord. Man, ain't it good to just be here? Ain't it good that it's cool outside? Get up and get outside. You're not sweating going to the car. Man, what a blessing life is every day. Every day that he just wakes us up with a smile from heaven. Man, that we have a body to come in here and, and belong to one another, a family. Man, it's so funny. I was thinking this morning as I was just reading some scripture. And I was like, you know what? Abraham went after Lot because he was family. Do not mess with family. Look to your left. Look to your right. If people are messing with them, they're messing with you. Do not mess with family. Right? Do not mess with family. See, these, this right here, this area right here is fully open. It's fully open for family to come and worship together, to cry together, to find Jesus together, to move in the Holy Ghost together. It's family this morning. Praise God. And it's good to be here. It's good to see y'all smiling faces. Man, and it's good. I tell you this morning, let all of you worship all of him. Do it because he's made you just like him. It's good. If, you, if you're thankful this morning, tell him you are. If you love him this morning, tell him why you do. If you're healthy this morning, thank him for it. Come on. He is worthy this morning. And there is none like the King of Kings. There is none like the Lord of Lords. He is my healer. Come on. God, there is none like you. Jesus, as we join in with the angels of heaven singing holy, We know why we are here. We know why we lift our hands. We know why we kneel our knee. It's because you are worthy and you are king. And we're here for one thing, and that is to put you on that throne where you, de you deserve God. There is none like you, Lord. There is none to compare. No knowledge that can be compared. No wisdom that can be compared. You are worthy 
like no other. We are all here today because of you. And because of that, we reflect our love to you. We honor you. Jesus, let us love you this morning. I pray you respond to, to our outpouring of how much we love you. We give back this morning to you because we are here. No matter what's going on in our life, it does not stop that you are worthy. You are worthy. Let us prove to you this morning how much we love you. Jesus, you are almighty king. How we bless you this morning. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.
today is Communion Sunday again. If you don't have the elements, the bread and the juice, raise your hand and someone will give it to you. Just hold your hand up. The things I plan to talk about today will be found in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians 11, and John chapter 13. If I get to John 13, we'll see how that goes. This morning, like I often do, I just sit in that chair right over there. I just watch the lobby as people come in. And I saw the most beautiful thing. It's just communion. I saw communion after another a couple came in that was new and they were greeted loved on but people that hadn't seen any other, each other in a week came face to face and close to each other and I could see it in their eyes there was no pretending it was, it was love it was love a quick note I, all I know about my God he does not like it when we pretend so that's what I saw now in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 Paul is talking to the church and he says he says some stuff about church and then he says but on this next thing after he finishes talking about this one thing he said but on this next thing I can't brag on you I'm not proud of you he's talking to the church he says when your churches back then the churches were in houses usually and then they would all come together at one time for communion they would, it was a meal so he says when y'all do this what I see is or what I, actually what he had heard was y'all are coming in some of you are coming in really early and eating up all the food and others of you are coming in and you're drinking too much and you're getting drunk at this communion he said and many others of you are getting together in little cliques and you're excluding others and you're not allowing others to be involved with you you're special he says I can't brag on you for that now y'all feel free to read 1 Corinthians 11 you know when we do communion many times you hear people say we need to take a moment to reflect and look into our hearts and examine our hearts that's what he's referring to what he had just said about you guys ain't acting right what I saw here, not one, not two, not everybody that I could see was showing genuine love to one another. Children, you are okay to take communion. If you think you're not okay to take communion, you're okay to take communion. You have the right spirit. That's what he says. Examine your heart that you have the right spirit. That spirit, this church's spirit is the right spirit to take communion. Now, what are we doing when we take communion? One of the primary things we're doing when we take communion is remembering his death. That's what it says. We're remembering his death. In John chapter 13, I'm going to hurry. Jesus is at the Last Supper. That means his last supper on this earth is what that's talking about. The Last Supper. He's sitting with his friends that he's been with for three years at least. And they're hanging out. 
and he knows at this moment that Judas is going to betray him. The Bible says he already knows that Judas is going to betray him. It says that he knows, Jesus knows, that he has been given all authority on heaven and earth. What that means is he could have done anything he wanted to at that moment. But he chose the death that would do what? Make it all okay for me and you to be with the Father. To be right there with him and look at him without shame or guilt and have his righteousness over us. Clothed in his righteousness. That's what this death is about. It sometimes is looked at we should be so grateful to Jesus for his death. And that is very, very true. But the reason we do this on a regular basis, he asks us to do this regularly, so I think, so that we're reminded that his death made everything okay for me to be in the presence of the Father and be without shame or guilt if I walk with him. I just got to walk with him. I just got to keep presenting myself to Jesus every day. Okay, let's prepare to take our elements. Remember, the bread represents his body that was broken and given for us. His blood represents, or his, the juice represents his blood that was shed for us. It's a great sacrifice. I could go through all that, but it's a great sacrifice. That's how much he loves you. But, but it's evident that we understand this because we love one another. I, I see it, and I'm so grateful for that. Father, we love you, and I thank you so much for this time of communion where we get together and we think about you and remember, Lord. We remember. We remember Jesus. We remember that you you broke bread and dipped it and you handed it to Judas and everybody thinks that's a sign that he's the one that betrayed was betrayed, which is true, but it was also historically that was what you did when you loved someone so much something really sweet you gave them the favorite part of what you were fixing to eat you took it off your plate and you gave it to them that's how much you love somebody that's going to betray you that's how much you love us every day God we're completely loved by you God we just ask you to bless these uh, elements as we take them in your name Jesus in your name Jesus amen you may take a oh
if you guys believe that this morning. If you believe that worship is your warfare. If you believe that worship can break any chain. If you believe that he is greater than anything in the world. Come on, can we lift up a shout of praise this morning? <laughs> Come on, let's worship him this morning. Let's praise him. Yes, Lord. Come on. Yes. trying to figure out where you left things because he's picking them up along the way and he's standing right there and he says I picked you up I've dusted you off <laughs> I put you back together just the way I want you and all we got to do is praise him see that's the key that's the way into that is you praise him you worship him <laughs> so if you've been dealing with an attack which I know we have you can't break off that chain. You can't break through that. I challenge you. You need, you need to worship. I challenge you you, you, you. you need to praise him a little bit. You need to spend some time on your knees in front of him and just worship him. Because he will break off the chains. And he will make a way where there is no way. Because we serve an almighty God. And he loves you. He loves you. It doesn't matter what you've been through, what you've done, what got you chained up in the first place. He said, that don't matter. I'm going to knock them all off you because I love you that much. So come on. Can we worship him? Let's give him everything he deserves this morning. Let's tell him how much we love him. Let's give him what a king deserves in the house. Come on. We love you, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> Woo, come on. Father, we're so thankful we get to come together and worship you. Father, we're so thankful that you love us that much. That you'll be there on the mountains and you'll be there in the valleys. So, Father, we surrender to you today. Have your way in this place. We love you. We worship you. We praise you. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on. Woo! Oh. It's a good morning. Do me a favor. Find somebody you hadn't seen in a bit. Give them a high five, a holy hug, whatever you want to call it. We'll be right back. I was made for you. I was made for you. I was made to be your presence. Oh, I have made a place 
This is not my home. This is not my home. This is only temporary. With you, oh Lord, will never fade away. Check, check. Check. Check, 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 check. All righty. Praise God. Welcome home, everybody. Welcome home. I'm excited to be in the house this morning. I'm thankful to be in the house this morning. I'm thankful for another day of life, as I know a lot of you are, if not all of you are. Um, and so we're really thankful to God. For another day. Praise God. All right. Amen. Let's see if I can, uh, let's see if I can engage y'all real quick. Here we go. Here we go. Let's see who remembers. All right. God is good. And all the time. Amen. Y'all are getting better. I'm telling you, you're getting better. <laughs> all right. Hey, so uh, welcome this morning. I want to welcome our online campus. We love you guys wherever you're at. Uh, God bless you. Can't wait to see you in the house, but uh, we love you from here. Uh, if you need anything, let us know. We're always here for all of you, okay? Um, uh, this morning, we're going to do things a little bit different, and we're going to go ahead and receive offering uh, right now. So if I can get the, uh, well, the usher's already up here, uh, but uh, this morning, you can just come up after I, uh, I pray, and you can just come up to the ushers, come up to the baskets, and give your offering. Uh, there's a couple different ways. You know, you don't have to. You can give online. You can give through text. <laughs> I mean, there's a bunch of awesome ways now with technology that you can give. Some of you already automated. Hey, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, thank you guys so much. I want you to know that we can't do this without you. Okay? We can't do this without you guys. This is you deciding to have church. This is you deciding to change your environment, to change your city, to change Millbrook and Prattville and the surrounding areas. This is you deciding to do that with your giving. So thank you. Thank all of you. Uh, we appreciate it. Um, and, and we thank God for you. We thank God that you are a giving people. Uh, this morning, I don't actually really have a, a, a quote-unquote giving uh, verse, but I want to share with you real quick what the Lord gave me, what he spoke to me about. Uh, late last night, early this morning. It was really awesome. It's like he gave me this little sermon. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to give a sermon, I promise, Pastor DJ. Um, but I will give you the Kevin version. I'll give it to you really fast. And what happened was he took me to the scriptures in uh, Luke 8, uh, and all of you, most of you in here know this scripture, but what happens is all the disciples are on the boat, right? They're on that boat, and then the storm comes. Remember, the storm comes, and the waves, and the wind, and, and then God 
took me to this place when the disciples, and see, this is the thing. The disciples, they knew Jesus. They've been with him. They've been experiencing stuff. They've been, they've been walking with the Messiah, the creator of the world, the author of life. And then this huge storm comes. And then Jesus rebukes the wind and the waves, right? And what is the first thing they say? Who is this? And God stopped me right there. And then he started speaking to me. <laughs> it was really awesome. He started speaking to me. And see, he started telling me that as, uh, as you and as I, as we're going through these storms and we're going through these battles and whatever you're facing, as you're going through it, you're going to find a, you're gonna, your eyes will be open to see a new thing. A new characteristic, a new doing of the Lord. See, God, they had not seen this yet. That's what I'm trying to tell you. The disciples had not seen this aspect of him yet. They, some of them in their hearts, they knew he was Lord. Peter, he believed that he was the Messiah already. But they hadn't seen this. And it was through this storm, through this hardship, they thought they were going to die. But it was through that. That they see something amazing. They were able to see the creator of life say to his creation, be still. And so this morning I want you to know whatever you're going through, whatever you're going through, maybe it's your finances. Maybe there's somebody in this place that is struggling with finances. Jobs, life, health, whatever it is, I want you to know this morning that God is doing something new. And you're going to see something new <laughs> this morning. You're going to see something new that God is bringing to your life. And it may be a storm right now, but I want you to know that God is about to bring something new to your life. Amen? Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> oh, God is so good. Hey, do me a favor. Everybody stand up real quick. You're like, but I just sat down, I know, but I don't know. I feel like, I just feel the Spirit of God in this place. Oh, I just, mm, thank you, Jesus. Do me a favor, just lift up your right hand. Whether you're going to give right now or not, whether you've already given, it doesn't matter. Raise up your right hand. Father God, we just thank you this morning. For your goodness, your grace, your love, your mercy, God. Just the breath in our lungs, God. Thank you for waking us up this morning when so many didn't, God. Father, we thank you. We acknowledge you, God. We thank you and we love you, God. Father God, I ask you in the name of Jesus right now to bless your people, God. Father God, open their eyes that they may see new things, God, that they may see power, God, that they may see anointing, God, that they may see favor, God, in every aspect of their lives, God. Right now, touch them with sound mind, God, a sound mind in the name of Jesus, God. Father, bless their, bless their finances, bless their emotional health, their mental health, God. Bless them, God. I bless your people in the name of Jesus, God. God, thank you for this giving people. They are your people, God, and we're grateful for them, Lord. We love you, God, and we give with gladness, God. We give because we're thankful. How can we outgive you, God? We'll never be able to outgive you, but we give with all of our hearts, and we say, God, receive it. Let it be a pleasing aroma to you. God, we love you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, 
Amen. I love you guys. You can go ahead and come up and, and give uh, on these baskets. We love you. Be right back. up here this is so awesome look at you guys just keep shouting if you keep shouting I'll keep preaching <laughs> that's what I love come on man. well good morning if you're new to destiny I am uh, DJ along with my wife Jules we get the honor to pastor here at destiny church come on we love you guys we love this church come on it's so exciting to see everybody this morning um, man we have all kinds of good things going on I'm gonna rush through some stuff so if you're new here, first time, first time in a long time, do me a favor, fill out a Connect card, let us know you came. Uh, this way we can reach out to you. It's the only way I can get a hold of you. So I promise you we'll reach out to you if you just fill that out. Let us know. We'll answer all kinds of questions. If you want more information, you can go to our app, download our app, just scan that thing right now. You'll get our app that has all the information. You can watch live stream. You can, you can find out what's going on, when services are, all kinds of things, including our, our family groups, which is our small groups. We tagged it as a family group because that's what we are as a family. Uh, and talking about our family groups, they're all coming kind of to an end right now. Actually, not all of them, but a majority of them are. So uh, there's going to be a couple left open. So if you are interested in those, you can go online and find that. Okay, but I encourage you throughout this season, even though we're walking in a holiday season, our, our family groups are ending, do not lose contact with people. Okay, I need you to stay in tune with people. I need you to stay in tune with your family. Don't, don't just fall off the grid, and we don't get to hear from you until next small group season, okay? So keep showing up. We're always going to have Tuesday at the table. We'll have stuff going on at the church. Just please spend some time with us. Let us know how you're doing. Um, we have our First Steps class. If you're interested in First Steps, uh, First Steps is if you're new to the church, want to know more about um, the church, about our bylaws, about what governs us, how we operate, we, we invite you to that. It's going to be on the 28th at 9 a.m., 28th at 9 a.m. in my office. So if that's you, sign up online. Let us know you're interested. Uh, this way you can come in and just ask questions about the church, and we're there to answer them. So pretty easy stuff. Uh, but, but please let us know you want to do that. And then we're in a, uh, we, we have started up our season of our next steps. And what next steps is is a discipleship. Okay, discipleship. Uh, it's like training, but, man, we had a great time this morning. Today we did marriage. Come on, my wife and I did marriage. We had a good group in there. We had a great group in there this morning, and uh, we're just so excited about that. So what this is, so you know, what this is is an ongoing teaching because I'm not going to be able to teach on all those things all the time. 
So therefore, if you come in at 9 o'clock, it's almost like the old Sunday school. You, you can reach out and you can, you can get information about all these things. And we're excited about that. And that's, that's not always going to be the same. So as we go through this, they're going to change. And we're going to have different things uh, that you can learn about. But it's all discipleship. It's all teaching you. You need knowledge so we can continue to operate in what God wants us to operate in. So we're excited. I think next week is, uh, um, believe it or not, I think next week is Kevin and Crystal, right? We had to swap. Where's Kevin? He's not in here good. Is it next week? Yeah, Sonship. So we had to swap those. So Sonship is going to be next week. Kevin and Crystal, uh, they're going to be teaching. So if you're interested in that, show up at 9 o'clock. Uh, this is really cool. Our Serve Team Banquet. Uh, I want to talk to you about this. So uh, here it is. Serve Team Banquet. Destiny Church presents our Winter Wonderland Prom Night. <laughs> what that means, if you currently serve on a team, right, if you serve somewhere in the church, on an event team, or if you serve, I don't care if you're on a worship team, production, life safety, if you greet people at the door, we want to honor you, okay? So we're turning this place into a big banquet hall, and it's prom night. So go get your tux, go, go, get, your, go get your dress, um, don't wear the orange dumb and dumber one, that's me, claim it, can't use that one, but here's, this is so cool, sign up and let us know. Okay, and when you sign up, let us know what team you serve on. And if, and if you don't serve on a team and you want to attend, go sign up and serve on a team. <laughs> and if you sign up and serve on a team before then, you're on a team and now you can show up. See how that works? You know, but it's going to be awesome. We do have child care available, so if, if you need child care, you have to let us know ahead of time so we can get all that. We'll have everything here. Look, it's a full dinner. We're gonna, it's going to be catered. We're going to have dance. It's going to be fun. We're going to celebrate the fact that, that, that we are moving and grooving as a church, and we have a family that's serving and that loves this church. So, look, if that's you, please get excited about this because this is going to be fun. So you'll hear more about it later. Come on, y'all think it's a good idea? Yeah. We're, we're going to have a limo outside so you can at least sit in the limo and get a picture and then get out. And don't damage anything. I don't want to pay the insurance claim on it. So that's what we're doing. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, one more thing I'd like to talk about is our uh, angel tree. So this is for if you're in our church and, and you know somebody in our church that, that they're going to need help during the Christmas season, through, through the holidays, do us a favor. Fill this out. There's intake forms at Connection Point. Let us know. Let us know because we always come together as a church and we're going to take care of people. We're going to make sure. So do me a favor. That's out there. Angel tree. We're excited about that. Now, what I love about this is anytime we have an angel tree, I come up and say, okay, the angel tree is in the foyer. And within like five minutes, it's gone. Like, someone even takes the tree. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So we never have a problem with, with making sure people in our church have enough. That's what I love about our family. We're one big family. We're going to make sure you have everything you need for the holidays. So I look forward to that. Woo! All right, that's all the information. But I want to do a couple things. Um, first off, I, I would like, Dana, can I have you come up here, please? Um, come on, everybody invite Dana to the... Miss Dana, didn't she do great today? Come on. Um, so, so this is really cool. Um, so Dana has been doing amazing things on the worship team. So, so we want to honor her. Obviously, she's been doing a wonderful job on the worship team. Um, she's been serving in the children's ministry with a whole bunch of other people, and they've been picking up all the pieces uh, since Mama Lo passed. They've been stepping in. Even before then, even when she was sick, they were stepping in and doing absolutely amazing things. Uh, and that's what kept our children's ministry going. You guys agree? You guys enjoying children's ministry, right? 
Come on. We, we love the generation right there. You, you all are, are, are what it's all about. You know, what's really cool is that we had, as a church, to move forward, we had to start praying about what's next. What's next for our children's ministry? What, what does God want to do? Okay, so we're not a church that goes out and we say, hey, give us all, all your applications to see who the next person is going to be. That's not how it works. We pray about it. And we say, God, who is going to be the next person to lead our next generation into the future? And so my wife and I prayed. Uh, Mama Lowe was praying. We got to talk to Mama Lowe. Uh, and we were all talking together. And we all came up with the same answer. And that was Miss Dana Davis. So, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. So I'm excited. I hope you're Look, no matter what, she can't do it alone. It takes a team, and she knows that. And, and this team is coming together. They're rallying around. Everybody's coming together. But I know we're in good hands. And I know we're in good hands because God, God, he has directed this. He, he had his hands on it the whole time. He has pushed this the whole time. Even when you didn't know things were happening in the background, you've always said yes. And that's my tagline. You keep saying yes, God will use you in a mighty, mighty way. You just say yes when he asks you to do something, and it's amazing how he'll grab a hold of that and he'll shift it. So what I want to do this morning, I should have got him up here before. Jules, will you come up? Can I get the elders up here, please? Can I get the staff, if the, staff, if the rest of the staff is in here? I don't know where they're at. Come on, everybody, come on up. This can be like half the church. <laughs> come on, I love this. We just want to pray over you. Um, I, I want to set this up the right way. We, we love you. We thank you. I'm glad that it only took her like two weeks to give me a response because I was really worried about that. Now, <laughs> she was praying as well. That's what you need to know. Like, what I love about Dana is that when you bring something to her, she prays about it. She's like, let's see what God wants us to do. So what I'm going to ask, ask you all to do is just lay hands on her. Uh, we, we wanna, and I want everybody to outstretch your hands. because Let's stretch your hands out to her, please, as we do this as a family. Because this is how she's going to be directing our church. So, Father, we thank you, Lord, that she directs our children's ministry. Father, we ask you right now, bring a super anointing on her life, Father God. We thank you that you have directed this. You are guiding this, Lord. Father, bring favor upon her family, her children's Lord, children, Lord, all the children in the church, Lord, as we transition through this time. Father, I just ask you to give her courage, give her strength, Lord. Guide her, teach her the way she should teach, Father God. We, we thank you that she has a heart to serve. We thank you, Lord, that she has a heart for you and for these children. So, Lord, we surrender this to you, Father. Just once again, touch her, bless her. Father God, we anoint her to this position right now, Father God. We declare that this is your way. So, Lord, we ask you to just be part of this in every step, every move we make, God. We surrender it to you. So have your way, Father God. We love you. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on. Come here. You want to say anything? No? Okay. She doesn't want to say anything, so as she leaves. <laughs> thank you guys for coming up. We appreciate that. I'm telling you that it's great how God does this. He just kind of orchestrates this, and he puts it all in play. And this is how it should be. I'm serious. As a family... Uh, a family in our church, if we lose one person for anything, the next person's right there. This is not about a person. It's not about a person at all. Okay, it's about him. He is the only one this is about. So if I'm not preaching somebody else, if I'm not here, somebody, it doesn't matter because God has a plan and a purpose in everything we do. So come on, I want to, uh, I have one more special thing for you to come in a second. Um, let me pray. <laughs> Because I feel like we haven't prayed enough, uh, we're, we're, so we can go into service and as the kids transition into the children's ministry. So, Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord. And, Father, we surrender to you today. Father, I ask you to touch my heart right now. Father, speak to me. 
Father, let every word that comes out of my mouth be all of you and none of me, Lord. Father, I surrender it to you. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we are in a new series. Uh, We started it last week called Rules of Engagement. Rules of Engagement. And uh, what this is, it's I tagged it as the battle is now um, because, you know, we are constantly in a battle. It's spiritual warfare. And as we went through some stuff, I explained a lot of stuff last week. If you missed it, go online. You know, I heard this morning our website is down, but you have the app. Get on the app. We'll fix the website. But you can get on there. You look at go back, watch last week's sermon. It'll fill you in on everything that we're talking about. But but we went through some stuff and we've been going through some stuff as a church. uh, But it's spiritual warfare and we found a way to overcome that. And God put it on my heart that if we can do it, uh, if I can do it, if he can teach me how to do it, I can teach you how to do it. And that's what we're doing. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna walk this thing out because it's knowledge. Knowledge is power. And we need to understand how to do this when we're dealing with things in our life. So I loved it. Somebody said, I think it was Monica last week. She goes, if you take the now instead of the battle is now and you just flip it around, it says the battle is won. And I think we did that in a slide. There it is. The battle is won. So I kind of like that. I, I knew I was going to use that. That was so good because it's so true. He has already won the battle. Like, like he, Now, we have to deal with this. So the war is won. We deal with individual battles all the time. Okay, But it's how we do that. It's how we engage the enemy. It's how we walk through this that means the most in our lives and how we're going to do this. So we're building a foundation by understanding what spiritual warfare is, by identifying um, how, how the enemy can come in, by engaging in it. That's, that's how we're going to build a foundation. Okay, and this is how we do it. We're going to live it out. And if we do it this way, then God's going to walk us through this. We need this in our life if we want to walk out the plan and purpose that God has for us. It's so important. This is a huge part of what we do each and every day. It's nice to hug people and love people and high five people. It is awesome when everything's good. But what do you do when things aren't so good? That's what this is about. This is about how do we engage the enemy when he tries to keep, when he keeps coming at us. So last week we prayed for healing, which I thought was absolutely phenomenal. We had people come up front. Uh, we, were, we had the teens up here praying over people. We were praying over Brother Bo, who wasn't even here. But, man, we were praying for healing last week, and we talked about that. And what I loved about that is I keep hearing from Brother Bo, and, man, he is doing good. He is, uh, I mean, his kidneys functioning. So I mean, continue to pray for that. It's healing. When you rupture a kidney and they want to take it, that tends to be like the end of the story. It's like, bad kidney, take it. And God said, no, bad kidney, ruptured kidney, heal it. (laughs) Why? Because we believe in that. We have faith in that. And when you have faith and you believe and you pray and give it to God, you just have to trust him that he's going to do what nobody else can do. So so I love hearing about that. And and hearing Bo's story was powerful. But then I heard another story uh, that we wanted to share with you. Because as we're going through this, as our church was going through healing, as we're praying, there was other spiritual battles going on. So I want to invite Miss Darlene Underwood. Can you come up real quick? I, I, I kind of threw this at her like last night, I think. Um, Dar- Darlene is going to explain. I just want her to share. Kind of give her, give her a round. You can tell everybody who you are. I didn't say anything yet. <laughs> Hi. Good morning. Um, I haven't met everybody yet. So I'll just, um, I told you my name is, Dar- okay. <laughs> Does that mean I can stay here for a while? <laughs> <laughs> so my three kids and I moved um, sort of back home um, not too long ago, and I think it was about m- May or so, I was talking to Willie and Donna Barton. They used to be youth pastors back when I was a teenager, you know, just a few years ago. 
and um, <laughs> and then I found out that uh, you know their son and his family were coming home, and they said, "We know exactly where you need to go to church." So of course I came and immediately knew this was our church family, which is what we were looking for. I mean, as soon as we got here, I knew that. And um, then just you know hearing these things that Pastor DJ has been talking about, and the l- we haven't been here for a couple months. And there's a reason for that that I want to tell you about. And I kind of hate to give you a spoiler, but, you know, there's a testimony in God's victory at the end. So <laughs> um, my mother was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And um, it didn't look good at all. She first, she worked at an eye doctor, and they did an eye exam. And the eye doctor thought he knew it was a tumor, and he recommended she go to a doctor. So they did an MRI, and they said, it's definitely a brain tumor, and they sent her to a surgeon, and the surgeon looked at the MRI, and he said, well, the location of it, you know, right at the brain stem is incredibly dangerous, and I can't do this surgery. If you survived, I'd, I mean, I don't think I could actually do it, but if I, you know, if you did survive, you could be paralyzed from the waist down for the rest of your life. So he said, but I'll refer you to this other surgeon. So she went to another surgeon, and he said the exact same thing. I can't do this surgery. It's just too dangerous. If you do live, you're going to be paralyzed from the waist down. But I'll send you to a team of surgeons in Birmingham. So they sent her to a team of surgeons. She had five surgeons have her go do another MRI, and they spent about two weeks, you know, looking at this MRI and talking about what they could do and can we do this. And they decided, yes, we're going to do this surgery, so come on in. And um, she goes up there, and believe it or not, the day that she went in for surgery was a Wednesday. Happened to be the Wednesday that Pastor DJ had called the leaders in the church up here, and they were praying over this church, taking the offense against the enemy. We have the victory in Jesus. He's given us the authority to declare healing. And I started thinking about the last um, week that I was here, he was reading from Luke 9 and 10. And I just started reading more about it when I got home that Sunday, actually. And, you know, Luke 9, it says Jesus sent the disciples. He called them to himself, and he said, I want you to go. And I've heard that because I I was in missions for a few years, so I've heard that verse, that chapter, a lot. Jesus said to go and to declare his kingdom, right? So I'm thinking go win souls. But it also says go heal. I give you—he didn't just say go do it. I give you the authority. And to um, deliver and to declare the kingdom. But then the very next chapter says he called 70 more to him. And he said, go, same three things, heal, deliver, declare the kingdom. And I realized we have that same authority. If I believe what the Bible says, then I have to believe that we have that same authority So that same day, my mom had come to my house, and um, we had prayed, and then she had prayed with friends, and we just decreed the truth that's in God's word. In God's word, it says that we have the authority. So we took that authority, and we prayed for healing, and she kept saying the whole time, I'm already healed. And she was having symptoms. I mean, she couldn't hear. She had, um, like, you know, having a hard time like feeling, I don't know what the word is, like tingling or whatever, and a lot of dizziness, almost like vertigo, and getting imbalanced to the point where she stopped going to work. And if she did go anywhere, somebody had to drive her. 
so she's having all these symptoms, and people are like, <laughs> you're not healed. You have symptoms, right? There's obviously a tumor. And she just kept saying, no, I'm already healed. The symptoms will go away. I've never seen anybody excited to go in for surgery. She texted me from the hospital and said, I'm so excited to hear what the doctors say. <laughs> so, um, you know, come to find out, they, they go in, no tumor. No tumor. So... <laughs> And if that is not something <laughs> worth giving glory to God for, I don't know what is. <laughs> oh, and I just can hardly talk about it with shaking because without shaking because it's just so, it's nothing that we did. All we had to do was praise him. Like, we, we haven't been here for a couple months because we were going and spending the weekends with her um, when we could. And, and I, I accidentally, well, I walked into the room to get something, and she was in there with the door closed praising God. <laughs> She wasn't even spending time worrying, you know? And so, what else was I going to say? I get so excited. Um, so when they went in, there's actually more to the story. I knew there was more. I had to think about it for a second. Um, so when they, they went in, they did say that there was no tumor. Now, keep in mind, they've had, she's had an eye doctor and two surgeons, and then five more surgeons all say there's a brain tumor. And they go in and they said, well, there's definitely not a brain tumor. They did find an aneurysm right at the base, like on her brain stem, and they said, it already bled. She was actually a walking miracle. So <laughs> all this time, she should have already died, not even from a brain tumor, but from this aneurysm. So it had already bled and this is crazy to me. You would never think that you would want cysts on your brain stem, but cysts formed around this aneurysm so that it did not kill her. <laughs> so it just amazes me. These, these were wonderful surgeons. They knew exactly what they were doing, but God healed her. Yeah, I'll start preaching if you don't come get the microphone. So, awesome. Come on, let's give it up for God. Isn't he awesome? Thank you so much. I'm telling you, I can't hear these things and not get excited. So I'm like, you have got to share with what God's doing because he's that good. So we serve an awesome God. Um, and great things have been happening everywhere, not just like that. You know, I have stories coming in, and I have people telling me stories that I'll give them an opportunity to come share, but it's powerful. Like, God is moving right now through people that, look, and I'm not even saying it's just us, but I know the people that are associated to us and what God's doing through them and in them and around them, and it's powerful. So be excited because, look, we, we are on the right track. We're doing the right thing, and it's just going to continue, so we're thankful for that. And we're going to keep experiencing miracles. Why? Because we have faith. Because we have faith and we believe. And that's what it takes. We're just gonna we're we're just gonna believe in that. There's there's a fresh anointing on, on us. There's a fresh anointing on this house. There's a freedom in this house. Okay, to believe that He can do amazing things, amazing things, and that's what we're gonna do. So, uh, like I said last week, we are no longer gonna be a defensive family. Uh, I'm tired of trying to dodge and weave and take a punch and this. We're going after the enemy. We're attacking the enemy because that's what we're called to do. 
Okay, but, but you can't do that unless you have the, the rules of engagement. You can't do that unless you, I'm sorry, I know it's freezing in here. I just turned the air up. If it's, you can check that one and see if it's still blowing. It's not, it's not cold up here. <laughs> but as I look out and I see people wrapped up, and it's, this, this is part of our marriage counseling. I get you cold so that you snuggle. It's just how it works. It's also how we populate the church. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm going way over the edge now. you got to watch me. But here's the thing. We, we, we believe what God's going to do. And, and we, we know that we come as, when we come against the enemy, that's the, that's the approach we take. It's not curl up when, when the enemy attacks and hide in a corner. You can't hide from that. When you hide from the enemy, what you're doing is, is, is well, you're being alone and you're kind of hidden in a corner, but you're walking away from the power and the glory that God's given you. He's already freed you from stuff. Okay, so when you try to hide, you're just giving it all to him. Okay, we can't do that anymore. We, we need to attack. We need to take it to him. And it starts with our identity. We've talked about that. We spoke months about our identity and who we are. Then we talked about faith and, and what kind of faith we should have and the faith we should walk in. Right? And now we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare until, I don't know. So just, 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 just dig in. Because here's what I know. We're going to deal with it. It will come. You have no choice. It's coming at you. It's how we handle it that's important. It's how we handle it. And you can either be a victor or a victim. You've got to decide which one are you going to be. Are you going to walk around as a victim every day saying the enemy's attacking you? Woe is me. I don't know what to do. Or are you going to walk in victory, taking it to the enemy, saying, you know what? I don't care what you say. I know who I serve, and I know who my father is, and I know what he says about me. Amen. See, that's, that's how we overcome this. Okay, so spiritual warfare, to, to, to come against it, you kind of got to know what it is, just in case. I like to cover these things, uh, because I was a new Christian like two days ago, so just kidding. That was a joke. Twelve years. I'm still learning. Uh, but here, here's what I know about this. So when I talk about spiritual warfare, I'm talking about good versus evil. That's easy to understand. You know, we're talking about light versus darkness. We're, we're talking... Uh, what God speaks about you and poured into you and how he created you and how he formed you and the plan and purpose he has for you comes against what the enemy does, which is he doesn't want you around that, doing that, any of that. So anything that comes against what God says is spiritual warfare. Okay, so, so this is what we're talking about. I'm trying to put it in a bigger scheme. So and where does the battle, what, it's all done in our mind. Okay, and I'll talk about battlefields later. I'll get into that in another day. But, but the biggest thing to understand is that if you really look at it, the, we have power and authority on the earth. We were given that. God gave that to us. But there's still the atmosphere in the area in which the, the spirits in the spiritual realm where they can have authority. So, so we're not going to give up ground. We're going to attack them in, in their area. We're not going to allow them to attack because they can't. Guess what? He, he's not a person. He can't manifest it. He can, he can try to, try to uh, come in and take over your mind, and he can operate through people. But he's not going to stand next to me and do it. So we have to give him authority to do what he wants to do. We have to give him that authority because God gave it to us. God gave us the authority to overcome everything he comes against. Right? So we have to be strong enough to, to, and understand enough uh, to, to, to stand in, in the gap and, and be at battle. So 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 3 through 6, if you have your Bible, I'm going to read from the Passion. I, like I said, I just love the Passion, so I've been reading from that. You probably can't see. There we go. Um, it'll be on the screen if you don't have it. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 6. It says, for, 
For although we live in the, the natural realm, we don't wage, wage a military campaign employing human weapons, using manipulation to achieve our arms, our aims. Instead, our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power to effectively dismantle the defenses behind which people hide. Okay, so, so we don't wage war the way the world wages war. Okay, so that, that's important you understand that because you think you can attack a person when it's not the person. Okay, it's the spirit that's leading the person. Okay, so, so these are, you know, we can't do that. And it says instead our spiritual weapons are energized with divine power. The weapons that we have, the spiritual weapons that God has given us, have divine power from him. Okay, so you don't have to charge it up. You don't have to worry about your battery going dead. It comes from him. It's everlasting. All you have to do is tap into it. All you have to do is accept it into your life and walk in it. And when it says that, that we do this, he's talking about these, uh, our spiritual weapons. It says uh, with divine power defenses. The defenses they're talking about, these are demonic strongholds. They, these are demonic strongholds in your life. Strongholds are things that, that usually keep people in but also keep people out. Okay, so strongholds. Let's keep moving in verse 5. It says, we can demolish every deceptive fantasy or every scheme that opposes God and break through every arrogant attitude that is raised up in defiance of the true knowledge of God. We capture, like prisoners of war, every thought and insist that it bow in obedience to the anointed one. Man, you got to capture every thought that doesn't line up with him, and it must bow in obedience to him. When you start understanding that, and you start understanding how the enemy's coming at you and what he's trying to do to you, and you start recognizing that, and you realize that it has to bow. It must. But we hang on to it. It's like we try to protect it, like it's our little baby. And we just hang on to it. We don't want to surrender. We don't want to give it and say, you must bow down. Since we are armed with such dynamic weaponry, we stand ready to punish or court-martial any trace of rebellion as soon as you choose complete obedience. We stand ready to punish. I love the word court-martial because whenever I think of battle, um, I'm Air Force guy, so we did battle too. It was just from a really high, just saying. But I'm telling you, there's a court-martial in there. And when you get court-martialed, they take every bit of authority away from you. They take everything away from you. You can no longer wear the uniform. You're, you're out. So, so that's what we're saying. We have the ability to do that to the enemy, court-martial it. So I love this because hmm. he's talking about four arenas right here of warfare. He's, at first, he says we are empowered by grace with the gospel to dismantle strongholds. The second arena says we demolish arguments, opinions, theories, and philosophies. The third is we take captive every thought and insist that it come obedient to the mind of Christ. And the fourth is we stand ready and willing to wage war and defeat the enemy. Those are the four areas that, that we're called to do in this. Those are our arenas. That's where we battle. That's what we're supposed to do. Okay, so my job is to give you the information so that we can do this together. Because as we're all, can you imagine this? If, if we're all on the same page and we're all walking with that same foundation, that same, man, just ability, the confidence to walk out of here and take on everything the enemy is trying to do in the world, you wouldn't be able to stop it. Nobody could stop it. Right. 
So last week I shared this scripture. I'm going to share it again because I want to tie it in at the end to the rest of it. But this was just proof. If you didn't understand we're we in spiritual warfare, then I wanted to give you the scripture that tells you we are. So in Ephesians 6, 10 through 13, it says, Now, my beloved ones, I have saved these most important truths for last. The most important truths be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. His explosive power is flowing in and through you when you stand your ground. Put on God's complete set of armor provided for us so that you will be protected as you fight against the evil strategies of the accuser. Your hand-to-hand combat is not with human beings, but with the highest principalities and authorities operating in rebellion under the heavenly realms. For they are a powerful class of demon gods and evil spirits that hold this dark world in bondage. Because of this, you must wear all the armor that God provides so you're protected as you confront the slanderer. For you are destined for all things and will rise victorious. Come on. So, (laughs) one, I love it because it tells you right there, we're going to deal with it. It's out there. It's coming at us. It could be anything. It could be anything. And what I love about it is as much as the enemy is coming at us, God is with us. He's probably with us more than the enemy is coming at us. And he's always there to protect us and take us. So, so we don't have, you know, we can't ignore the fact that we're under attack. But we also can't cower it away. So, so we're in battle. And here's what I realized. Before you go into battle, you have to understand what weapons you have and who you are. Those are the two things. And I'll share, I shared this, I think, I don't know, maybe a year ago. But I'll take you back to my days of my first trip into Afghanistan. Okay? And we were just 13 guys in the Air Force. And it was when they didn't really construct it yet. So we had the 10th Mountain Division uh, in Afghanistan. We went in. We were aircraft maintainers. We don't use weapons unless we're beating something with it. Like, and you don't want to do that. You know, we got trained once a year on how to shoot a weapon, and that was it. And if we did have to take a weapon with us, they put it in a nice shiny case with locks and was like, please don't open it. (laughs) Okay? And I'm not picking on my Air Force. There's some Air Force jobs that are a lot more important than that, that they're, they're carrying weapons all the time. But my job was not like that. But when we got to Afghanistan and got off the plane, they said, where are your weapons? And they made us <laughs> go get them out. And they said, you're going to carry them. And not only that, they threw ammo at us because that's what the Army does. I was in shock, and I had to gather all the guys up because I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> like nobody touches anything until we talk. Said, you guys even know how to use this thing? <laughs> this was before we had game plans. See, now you go through tons of training because we're always deploying. So now it's great. I mean, you go through all kinds of stuff. We hadn't shot these weapons. Um, most of us hadn't shot in a year. You didn't know how to clear it. And you had to carry this thing around um, ready to roll at all times. And I'm like, oh, and I'm looking at our 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds that are still trying to figure out a hammer from a crescent wrench. And I'm like, please, Lord, help us. But we had to take time, and we had to understand what we were dealt with. We had to understand the weapon that was given us. How did we do that? We sat down, and we worked through it, and we messed with them, and we cleaned them, and we tore them apart, and we put them together. We had to understand our weapon fully. Why? Because we were going to carry it for months everywhere we went. And you had to get trained. It wasn't instant. It wasn't like something natural. Like I would walk through as we were getting and going to the, the chow hall tent and I would walk by and I'd be like, 
clear it, click, click. I'm like, come on, guys. Like, how can you not clear your weapon and safe your weapon before you? So there's all kinds of things, but it wasn't natural. Okay, so, so it wasn't like I taught them and then everybody did it. Same thing with spiritual warfare. We can talk about it, right? But we're going to have to continue to operate in it. We're going to have to continue to use the tools and the weapons that he's given us so we don't forget how to do it, so that we can stay proficient in what we're doing. Because when the battle comes, you don't have time to learn right then. You have to be ready to go. And we know this because we just went through this. We just went through this. We just went through a huge battle. And he was winning because I wasn't armed and I wasn't ready and I didn't know my weapons. And I said, you know what? Never again. He doesn't have that right. So now I'm going to come in battle ready, armed all the time. And, that, and that's what we're doing. Uh, that's why we're talking about this. So true dominion in battle is knowing who you are and what weapons you have. And not knowing, and not, not alone. And not even that. I guess it's more that you're sons and daughters of God and that he's going to take care of you. Because that's probably in my mind one of the biggest weapons is knowing who we are in him. But we are warriors, so I want to talk about that, a warrior. We don't operate on hope, we operate on faith. That's what a warrior does. i got to have faith. i got to have faith that I put my gun back together. Not hope that I didn't leave anything out. Okay, so we have to have faith as spiritual warriors as we walk in the battle. we got to believe in the word, what Father says. Know that he's going to provide for us. He's going to take care of us. He's going to guide us. So as a believer, we actually hold the key. And this is important. You need to understand this. One, we have the same power and authority. I love it that, you know, Darlene could have kept talking because she was preaching it. We have the same power and authority that Jesus has. That's what we have. Okay. We are also given the keys. Okay. And what the keys are, keys represent authority. So so here, I want to show you this. I want to show you this in Matthew. I want to show you where we were given the keys. Because a lot of people get confused with this. Matthew 16, 16. I'll start there. Now, this is right after Jesus is walking up with the disciples. And he says, who do people say I am? And they're saying all kinds of things. Well, it says here, it says, Simon Peter stood up and said, you are the anointed one, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are favored and privileged, Simon, son of Jonah. For you didn't, you didn't discover this on your own, but, but, but my Father in heaven has supernaturally revealed it to you. Okay, he says, you didn't discover this on your own. You have obviously had a relationship with my Father. He has obviously been talking to you. You have obviously spent time with him. You obviously believe. And he has supernaturally downloaded that into you. So he thinks he's special. Jesus is like, okay, come on. You got this. He says, you are favored and privileged. Because Peter was listening to God. So he says, I give you the name Peter, a stone, and this rock will be the bedrock foundation on which I build my church or my legislative assembly or ecclesia. We've talked about ecclesia before. It's the, the church. It's the governing body. He says, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. He said, the power of death will not be able to, able to overpower what? The church. Okay. And he said, this will become the bedrock of the foundation. What is the bedrock? What is the He's not talking about Peter. He didn't say Peter's going to build the church. It was Peter's faith in understanding who Jesus was. So it was the gospel, understanding that he is the son of God. He is the anointed one. He is, he is the Messiah. That was what Peter got, right? And that's what they're saying. That's going to build the foundation of the church. Not, not Peter. 
You can get confused in that, and you've heard that numerous times, where you have St. Peter's and all kinds. I mean, it's, you know, Peter was the rock. Well, Peter was a rock. They called him pebble. That's another term for it. But the rock they're talking about to build the foundation was the revelation from the Father of who Jesus was. And that's what we're going to build our church on, is that revelation. Because it keeps going in 19, it says, I will give you the keys of heaven's kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. It says you, but he's talking about the church. He's talking about the ecclesia. He's talking about us. He says, I've given you the keys, right? I've given you the keys to forbid in heaven, right? To, to, to forbid on earth what is forbidden in heaven. What that means is that if it's not allowed in heaven, we can say it's not allowed on earth, right? It is the same thing. He says, and then what, what is loosed in heaven or released in heaven, he goes, you have the ability to release that and loose that on earth. That's why when, we, when you pray with people, you hear people pray sometimes, and they're like, man, I just, I just pray right now. We, we bind up that, and, 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 and we release this, and, and guess what? We're going you know, to bind this up uh, in heaven. We're going to forbid this on, on earth as it is in heaven. And, and you use these, this terminology, you need to understand what you're saying. You have the authority and the ability to do that. He's given you the keys. And when we pray, we pray with Scripture. When we pray, we pray the Word. And when you do that, it activates. When you do that, it, that's where the authority comes from. So you need to know where it's coming from. So the keys are just symbol of authority. So we have the authority to regulate the atmosphere in and around you, to control it. So when it all breaks loose in your life, you need to take a step back. I love that song we were singing this morning. You need to take a step back, be still, worship and praise him. Get your perspective back on track and then take authority over what God gave you. Not sit back and just get beat up. And you have the capability to do it. Look, this is huge to understand that you can do this. You don't have to wait in line at church for somebody to pray for you. You don't have to wait in line for Pastor DJ or Pastor Kevin or somebody else that you put in a, in, a, in a hierarchy in your life and said, they're the ones that need to touch me and lay hands on me. He says, I've given you the authority to do it yourself. But a lot of times we do that because we don't know what to do. We're like, I didn't know this. So my goal and plan is to give you what you need so you can do that. Okay, because we need to, we need to have the weapons. We need to know how to operate in this. We need to know what we're supposed to do. And that gives us power. It gives us the authority. So we need to engage the enemy as a true warrior. Don't back away from him. Don't shy away from him. This is why we can bind things and loose things. I love that because we have authority to do it. I used to sit back and listen to this years ago, and people, I bind, you're binding, what are you binding up? <laughs> I was like, you're tying something up right now? Like, what, what is going on? But you need to understand that that's the authority. So if it is, we bind it up on earth if, it, if it's not supposed to be here. It's not supposed to operate in heaven. And what's cool about that is what we actually start doing is we actually start inviting heaven to earth the way it's supposed to happen. Right? We, we invite that down. And then our job is to simply police it. Our job is to police it. Our job is because we have authority. We talked about this last week. I talked about embassies, right, as a territory. You know, you can't have an embassy uh, in a 
in another country, you have to take territory. Then you drop an embassy right there, and that gives you authority in that area. Well, same thing. This church is the embassy in this area, and we are ambassadors to Christ. That's why we come to this church. And while we're in here, guess what? People are coming here for relief, for, uh, for help. Uh, to, to, to be covered by us. To, I mean, they're coming in here because they want to feel that freedom that they can't get outside these doors. But our job is not just to keep it in here. Our job is to be so powerful we expand our territory. Right? Our, our job is to take over the city and bring the territory into the city where people are at, right? So we can show them heaven on earth and then teach them the authority they have. So you're considered a warrior. You're considered a warrior. And the cool part about a warrior is, man, a warrior can start picking up on things and seeing things. In battle, when you're in battle long enough, you start picking up on things. Things that look like the enemy put it there. You just start picking up on those little. Why? Because you're battle tested. Because you're walking in it. And you see it all the time. So all of a sudden you're like, that wasn't right. That just Don't go over there. That doesn't look right. That, that, that just doesn't look right. Where before you would have walked right into it. You start picking up on things. So as a spiritual warrior, you start picking up on that stuff. You start feeling it. You start recognizing it. And it allows you to engage the enemy before he has a chance to sneak up on you. That's what's cool about being a warrior. And we don't go around crediting Satan for everything. Like, if you ran over a nail and your tire splat in the morning, that wasn't the devil. If you ran out of gas, it's not the devil. It's because you didn't put gas in your car. Don't give them credit where it's not due. But we, we tend to think that everything's the enemy, where some of the stuff's us. We're just not listening. We're not obeying. We're not doing what we're supposed to do. And then we go, man, he's so bad. No, he's not even worried about you because you're not doing what you're supposed to do. He's only worried about you when you're doing what you're supposed to do. <laughs> you're not even close. <laughs> That's how it works, though. We, we give him too much credit. You know, the Apostle Paul <clears throat> was a good example of this. He was a good spiritual warrior. He didn't, go, like, he, he didn't go out of his way to look for any kind of demonic activity. He just saw it. And when he saw it, he took care of it. He quickly identified it. He confronted it with his spiritual authority, and he was victorious. That's how that works. And this is where you get that thing about people you... Yeah, we tend to think that, that the enemy is everything, so when somebody attacks you, I don't care if they attack you in your workplace, you know, if it's not even physically, I'm just talking, you know, this happens a lot. Somebody will say something to you that you just don't like, and you're like, that wasn't right. And inside, you want to throw punch them, I don't know. You, you want to say something back because you're so fired up over the fact that this person had the nerve to say something to you. And a true spiritual warrior won't respond to that because they understand it's not the person. In spiritual warfare, you pray for the person. So you want to know how good of a warrior you are, how are you responding to those situations? Can you literally let somebody talk bad about you, say something bad about you, and not respond? We've seen it. We've seen it in big ways, live on Facebook, saying bad things about us. And you want to, everybody wants to, why aren't you saying something? I'm praying. That's not my battle. We didn't do anything wrong. So if somebody is falsely accusing you of stuff and saying stuff about you, you don't have to defend yourself. You understand you have a father in heaven who says, I will defend you. You're like, but that doesn't sound like a warrior. 
Yeah, it does. Because if I try to fire back any other way, the enemy that's in them has now got a way to get into me. That's how he sneaks in. And then all of a sudden he starts, that felt good. Look, I'm not saying, I have not been in a fight in a long time. But I can tell you in my other years where I've gotten into a fight, it felt good to hit somebody back. But that just led to something else and something else. And pretty soon I was like, well, man, if he just says something about me, I'll just knock him out. Because I could walk in confidence. Same way we should be walking in a spiritual battle in confidence, knowing that we don't have to do what we think we need to do. So in school, for all the teens, you guys are in school. Guess what? Someone says something about you. You don't have to fire back. Pray for them. And if you're a good warrior, man, just can I lay hands on you real quick? <laughs> I always ask if I can lay hands on somebody just in case they fall out. I want people to know that I, it wasn't intentional. It was the Holy Ghost. That was true Holy Ghost. I didn't choke them. But this is it. So we, 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 we need to know that we, we've got to have a discipline. We've got to work on our discipline on how we respond to situations. That's part of spiritual warfare. Taming your tongue. Oh. So what a, what a warrior does is he gets ready for battle. We do that by training, which we're doing. We have to build resilience in our life because the enemy is going to keep coming and we can't we got to be able to take a punch. You know, we do resiliency training in the military, just something we do. Why? Because we know we're going to deal with it. So we have to train. We have to be ready. We have to keep moving. Even when we get hit, we have to keep moving. No distractions. That's what we would tell people. You know, in the military, before you deployed, they said, make sure there's no distractions at your home. Take care of your finances. Take care of everything. Make sure it's planned before you leave. Because if not, it's a distraction. I need you with pinpoint accuracy when you're out there. So, so what distractions are you allowing in your life right now that's not giving you pinpoint accuracy to what Father wants you to do in the spiritual realm? Because we're allowing things in that's taking our mind off what we're supposed to be focused on. And they're just distractions. They're distractions because we didn't take care of it. We hadn't focused on it. We hadn't put any effort into it. It's kind of like an athlete. An athlete just doesn't go out and perform. They train. They practice. They work hard for that. And then they have confidence, overwhelming confidence. I love confidence. And I love competition. And confident, confidence in competition is sometimes the one thing that lets you win. You might not even be able to, to, to let, let's use, shoot a basket. You might not be able to play basketball as good as the other person, but you can have confidence enough to walk in and beat them. Because your confidence, because all they got to do is have an ounce of doubt. You understand that? When you have just a little bit of doubt, you let the enemy in, and that little bit of doubt, the enemy comes in and says, you can't do it. we got to quit listening to those little voices. Be confident of who God made you to be and what you're doing in life and walk in that confidence. That's how we, that's how we rise to the top. That's how we compete. That's how we win. That's like golf. Every time I walk up to a tee box or on, or on a green, I have two things I can tell myself, either I'm going to kill this thing, and, and it's going to be awesome. Or, oh, I can't believe, look at all the trees out there. There's water over there. Oh, this is the longest putt I've ever made. Or this is the shortest putt I've, I'm going to miss. It's a mental game, right? 
So when we walk into battle, we got to be prepared to say, I don't care about all that stuff. I know what I'm capable of because I know who I am. And I know what he made me to be. That's how we tackle life. That's how you tackle everything in your life is to be confident in who you are and quit listening to the enemy. So when he starts speaking to you like that, now because you're a, you're a warrior, you're picking it up, you go, oh, hold up. That's not from God. Like, I've never looked at those trees before when I teed off up here. That's not of God because God made this perfectly green fairway. He told me that's where I'm supposed to hit the ball. That's how it works. So you can lose the game mentally, but you can win the game mentally too. So we have to be prepared. There's a lot of things that warriors have to do. I'm just going to run through these real quick. I got a list. But these are things that you need to understand. As we, as we prepare for spiritual warfare and as we prepare to engage, we need to understand warriors take sin seriously because, man, you got to know that sin always gives the adversary the advantage. You need to check your heart. You need to figure out what's going on in your life. Because as you allow sin to come into your life, the enemy will just run crazy with it. All right, so we got to check ourselves. You, you won't be as effective with that because he's going to bring you down. Okay, you always got to be on guard. Don't ever compare yourself with others. Don't be trapped with religious pride. True warriors know they can do nothing that is effective in their own strength. It's only by his strength. Come on. It only depends on their walk with God. You want to be a stronger warrior? Get closer to God. Spend more time with him. Pray more. Read the word more. Worship more. You should always remain focused and guard yourself from distractions caused by problems and troubles that appear. You know, some things that just happen, they just happen. You know, things in life just happen. Move on. Don't get so caught up in it that it takes away every other thing that's going on in your life, every good thing that God's already put in your life. So spiritual warriors, they know their inheritance in Christ. They know God's promises. And because of that, they're not easy prey for the enemy. That's right. He's got to work hard to catch us. We already told you the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion, but he goes after the weak ones, the ones that are separated. How do you get separated and weak? Doubt, fear. The enemy telling you you don't belong. So as a warrior, we have weapons and we have armor. And I'm going to finish up with the, the Ephesians 6. I'm going to pick it back up in verse 14. This is the armor that he gives us. This is what he has given us. And I tore this apart about a year ago for months. I'll probably do it again. But it says, put on truth as a belt to strengthen you to stand in triumph put on holiness as the protective armor that covers your heart stand on your feet alert then you'll always be ready to share the blessings of peace in every battle take faith as your wraparound shield for it is able to ex extinguish the blazing arrows coming at you from the evil one embrace the power of salvation's full deliverance like a helmet to protect your thoughts from lies and take the mighty, razor-sharp spirit sword of the spoken word of God. Pray passionately in the spirit as you consistently intercede with every form of prayer at all times. Pray the blessings of God upon all his believers. 
So this is it. That's the armor of God. He says you need to put it on. It tells you the stuff you need from his word to prayer. These are all tools. Worship, praise, faith. It's important. Faith is huge. That's why we talked about faith first. It's a wraparound shield. It's not just in front of you because guess what? He's shooting at your back. He's going to try to get you where you're not looking. That's how you attack when you're sneaky. So as we enter into this phase of building our foundation and engaging in spiritual warfare, we have to have a new attitude. That's one. A new attitude. You need to begin to think like an overcomer. Right? And be, have a victorious attitude. We need to have a greater focus. Okay? You need to carefully guard yourself against the enemy's attempt to distract you and push your buttons. You might think it's somebody else pushing your buttons, but it's the enemy. You need to recognize the enemy likes to entangle God's people in the cares of the world and provoke us to react in the flesh. And he says, do not react in the flesh. The battle's not of the flesh. And understand the importance of keeping your eyes on the Lord, standing in faith, not in your abilities, but in God's character. Number three, you need to need to have a necessary discipline you have to begin to, to discipline yourself at all levels you need to read more you need to pray more you need to worship more you need to spend time with him more and all those things are easy to do I'm not talking about you have to spend hours and hours and hours in prayer every morning what I'm saying is find a time to do more it starts with more more just means more so whatever you're doing now, do more. And as long as it's not less, it's more. So there should be no excuse not to do just a little bit more. You know, instead of driving to work, listening to country or rock or whatever, put on some worship music. Just worship the whole way in. And while you're worshiping, pray for the people that are passing you or getting up on you or whatever they're doing. Right? Worship with the horn. <laughs> just worshiping. Find more time to pray. We were talking about it this morning in the marriage thing. Pray. That's how you, that's, you, want, you want to protect your marriage? Pray for your spouse. Well, guess what? You, you, you want to get more prayer time in? Spend more time in prayer. Just pray. Everything you do, pray. Start your day off with prayer. It could be real quick. It's just protect me as I go to work. And the fourth thing is we need a more balanced biblical worldview. What that means is we really need to understand that the enemy is real and he's after us. And the Bible tells us about it and it gives us warnings, so we need to understand it. It's not weird to think this. <laughs> Quit walking around thinking you're weird because you think the enemy's out there. The world's weird for not understanding that. Because one of, one of Satan's biggest weapons against us is the worst case scenario <laughs> the fear of the worst case scenario anybody here like okay I want to do that what's the worst case scenario why are we even worried about the worst case scenario why don't we say what is the greatest thing God can do in this situation and then let's focus on that because everything else is fear when we say what's the worst case scenario we're injecting fear into what we're doing we're allowing fear to operate in our life. Man. 
And the worst lie he has is the devil in his effort telling us that we should believe him over God. So always take the words you're hearing, compare them to the word of God. And guess what? If it doesn't line up with the word, get rid of it. There you go. That's, that's your nugget. Whatever the enemy's telling you, say, is that of God? Look for it. Search it. Google it. There's all kinds of ways. But here's the thing. You need to know who you are. You need to put on the full armor of God. You need to engage the enemy with confidence. And power and authority that's been given to us by the Lord. Amen? All right. I want to do something extra. I'm going to be doing this extra every week while we go through this. We did it last week, but I did it in the beginning of the service. I want to educate you. I want to walk you through stuff. And I want to get you prepared for battle. So I want to take some extra time. And this week we're going to talk about enemies, some of the the, the enemies' weapons against us. And the specific one this week I want to talk about, because it's so important, is the spirit of fear. I want to give you knowledge on it. I want to tell you how to combat it. I want to walk you through it. And then as we go through this, guess what? I'm going to give you an opportunity to come up with our prayer partners who are really good, and and we're going to pray over it. You're not going to walk out of here without having freedom if you're dealing with this. This is important because the more we talk, we talked about, you know, we we talked about healing last week, but we also talked about uh, the spirit of death. We brought up the spirit of death. Why do I tell you these things? So you can start identifying it. You need to find the weapons. When you're walking along the road, you've got to find the weapon before you walk into it. That comes by understanding how to identify it. So the spirit of fear. Fear is a powerful weapon used against us. It is used to perforate and penetrate our faith. It's released to attack the peace, courage, vision, and faith of individuals, creating a debilitating stronghold in their mind. It is extremely important to comprehend the insidious nature of the spirit relative to our future because the way we perceive or think about our future actually sculpts and contours how we handle the present. It's where the word phobia comes from. It denotes emotional unrest and dis-ease or disease caused by uncertainty of one's ability to overcome situations and challenges in life such as financial, spiritual, physical, social, material, psychological and emotional disability what are some signs symptoms and manifestations of this spirit there's a bunch but I listed some that I thought would you would understand and I could understand abuse agitation alarm alcoholism anxiety bondage condemnation control deception dismay depression doubt drug addiction heaviness Fear of failure, insecurities, insomnia, manipulation, loneliness, discouragement, mistrust, nightmares, oppression, panic, phobias, shame, terror, victimization, witchcraft. When you start identifying and listing that, you can sit there and go, that's the spirit of fear. Yes, we need to know who our enemy is. Because you can't come against an enemy unless you know who they are. That's why I'm telling you this, not to scare you, because I want to empower you. I want you to know that if you've been dealing with any of these things, it's just a spirit. And the good part about that is that we have authority over that spirit. That's the cool part. So, and if that's it, then guess what? We're going to come against that stuff today before you leave. So my, my expectation for you is that you walk out of here in freedom. If you're honest with yourself, you can walk out of here with freedom as we walk through this. What are some scriptures that, that come against fear or even identify it? Romans eight fifteen, 
It says, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now call him Abba, Father. 1 John 4.18, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment. And this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. And 2 Timothy 1.7, for God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but a power, love, and self-discipline. So what we do today is we, we bind up that which we identify because it's not allowed to operate on earth because it's not allowed to operate in heaven. You understand? And we release or we loose power, love, a sound mind, boldness, peace, spiritual mindness, liberty, and courage. That's what we do. What's the counterattack for fear? How do you counterattack fear? So if you're struggling with fear, become familiar with Psalms 27. Just one through six. I'm going to read it for you. One through six. The Lord, this, if you read this every day, if you're dealing with this. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger, so why should I tremble? When evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid even if I'm attacked. I will remain confident. The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. For he will conceal me when there, when there, he will conceal me there when troubles come. He will hide me in his sanctuary. He will place me out of reach of a high rock, on a high rock. Then I will hold my head high above my enemies who surround me. At his sanctuary, I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. Come on. So you're dealing with that stuff? You read that every day. You put that in your heart every day before you walk out of your house. And you understand who you are. That's how you continually overcome this. This is a constant battle. The more we understand the scripture and believe it, the more relief comes. When we're under attack. That's how it works. So here's the thing. If you've been battling against the spirit of fear, you can trust the people around you. If you believe the spirit of fear, any of that stuff I talked about has been bothering you in any such way, just raise your hand. I just want to see it. I want to see if I'm talking to anybody today. I see him. 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 That's what I'm talking about. It's all look, the spirit of fear can run through you and operate in and through you without you even knowing what it is. So what we're going to do, we're going to pray together as a church, and I'm going to invite, when we get done, I'm going to invite the, the, the prayer partners down. So if you want a private prayer, you want to talk to somebody, you want to help them, have them help you walk through this, okay, we're going to do that. But we're going to pray as a church. We're going to pray as a church over this. As a church. So you're doing this with family. Because we love you, we care about you, and you're not allowed to struggle in this you understand so come on let's pray father who you see the hearts and hands up here right now father god you see the hearts in this building you see our family lord you see those that are struggling so father you know the battles they're facing in their mind right now so father we bind up the spirit of fear that is running amok in their minds it's not allowed to operate there father we release and we we loose your power your love a sound mind boldness peace spiritual mindness father liberty and courage over them Father God, your word says in 2 Timothy 1.7, For God has not given us the spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So we declare and decree your power 
your love over our life and teach us right now, Father, the discipline we need. Strengthen us, Lord. And we pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on. I want to invite the prayer partners forward. Because we prayed that over you. But if you need anything else, if you need someone to lay hands on you and pray over you, they're going to be up here. Because here's the thing. The battle we're fighting, you have the power, you have the authority because of who you are. Some of you don't have an identity yet. Some of you haven't accepted Jesus into your heart yet. Some, some of you are not living that life yet. And because of that, you're going to continue to deal with what the enemy has. The first step is just realizing that. Realizing that he loves you. <laughs> no matter what you've done, <laughs> no matter what you're doing, no matter what you did last night or this morning, he says, I love you. And I'm going to continue to love you. But I can't do it. I can't even say a prayer that will accept him into your heart. That's something you've got to receive. That's something that you've got to accept in your heart. You've got to make a decision to trust him with everything. Only you can do that. So I'm going to give you that opportunity this morning. You know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For as by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not from, from yourself. It's, it's a gift from God, not by works so that nobody can boast. You can't do it on your own. You just got to receive them. You just got to let them come in. And then you got to repent. You, you, you got to change the way you think. You can't allow the enemy to operate in your mind. You got to change the way you think about your life. And start representing him and seeing what he wants you to do. And when you do that, come on. Man, you become a warrior. He starts operating in and through you. So if that's you, I just want to pray for you. And I, I encourage you. Um, come on up and talk to somebody if you want to receive him today. If you're making that decision in your heart, come up and talk to somebody. Fill out a connect card. Why? Because look, this is not like I got saved and I'm good. It's it's you gave your heart to Christ. Now let us walk you through the next steps and disciples you, add discipleship to your life and walk with you through this and do life with you. Because that's how we do this. Mm. So come on, if you if that's you, I just ask you right now. Let's just pray for those individuals, Father. You see those hearts, Lord. You see those individuals that want to know you. So, Father, bless them right now. Fill them up right now with your Holy Spirit, Lord. Come on, fill their hearts, Father God. Mm. Father, I ask you to give them courage and strength right now to come forward, Lord. Be prayed for, be loved on, Father, the way, the way you love us. So, Father, you see them. Father, protect them, cover them, guide them. Father, I ask you to forgive them of all their sins start moving in their life, Father God. Show them show them their purpose and plan you laid out for them, Lord. Tug on them. Tug on their hearts right now to react in a way, Lord. But Father, most of all, we just love you, and we thank you. We thank you that we get to do this. We thank you that we get, get to come together and worship you on a Sunday. So Father, I ask you today is to, to guide us, Father. Mm, guide us. Prepare us. Make us mighty warriors as we walk out of here this week, Father God. We pray for divine appointments this week, Father God. We pray that you'll put people in front of us, Lord. That their lives need to be changed, and we need to be part of that. So come on, Holy. Use us this week. Use our family this week. Strengthen us and guide us and lead us. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said amen and amen. Come on, y'all get something today.
Man, we love you guys. We thank you. We look forward to seeing you again next week. If you need prayer, the prayer partners are up here. Please don't miss an opportunity. We love you all. God bless.